with information on the latest developments in assistive technology and initiatives, from the studios of 2RPH in Sydney, RPH Australia brings you AbleQuest. Hello, I'm Barbara Sullivan. Deafness is an unseen disability that separates people from others. Sign language can be useful if your parents and peers learn the language of Ausland, and interpreters can be useful, but expensive and not always available 24-7. So, imagine a device which is ready to support you when interpreters are not there, one which was invented by a deaf person and designed to make it easier for people who are deaf or hard of hearing to take part in a real-time, face-to-face conversation with the rest of the hearing world. You don't need Wi-Fi, you just need to be able to type. The device is called UbiDuo, and it is available in Australia now. Hugh Kingsley, Managing Director of The Brainery, which specialises in assistive technology, believes the UbiDuo has the power to change lives to make people feel more independent and empowered. The device would be especially useful in workplaces, hospitals and government agencies. Elaine Jontek spoke to him about the UbiDuo and how it helps bridge deaf and hearing anytime, anywhere. So what is the brainery, Hugh? started some 20-odd years ago with brain food, the idea that we feed your brain with educational solutions to all sorts of problems. So we started with educational board games and mental health resources and Soon we sort of became a one-stop mental health shop. And then we recognised that approximately 10% of the population had some sort of a disability, which could be loosely as simple as needing reading glasses to all sorts of interventions. Very soon our range expanded and we got involved in technology to help people. And it's been a lovely journey. Great. So so one of the things that people may not have heard about is the Ubi Duo. Can you tell us about that? It's a wonderful device. Probably the best way for me to describe it is if you can imagine your laptop and where it swivels, you can actually disconnect it. So it becomes two pieces of equipment and each piece has its own flip-up screen. Now, this is an invention that came out of America and it was actually invented by a man who grew up deaf. Around about 2002, they actually incorporated the company, and they've been building this device ever since, and it's now into its third iteration. But what makes it so different is face-to-face communication between deaf-hearted hearing and hearing people. So whilst there's lots of devices on the market, there's not something like this as real-time face-to-face communication, and that's probably where it is so different. So it's face-to-face conversation for a deaf person and the deaf person types the message? Right. Yes. Well, I suppose if you can use imagination and think that if you'd have to have an interpreter almost full-time at your desk or whatever you're doing, it becomes economically unviable. Whereas when you're using, say, the UO device, all you'd have to do is is the hearing person is literally jump on the keyboard and live time, you can both see each other typing. 
side of the brain works fast and if while you're typing the other person already works out the answer or wants to comment, they can do so. So it's like texting backwards and forwards. Yes, but there's no waiting. You can see it while it's live, real time, and you don't need the internet and you don't need Wi-Fi. It has its own encrypted communication system, so it's private. So you could be out in the bush using this? Absolutely. But typically you can work, I think it's 100 metres maximum distance. You can take it anywhere you want to take it. Say you're going to visit your doctor, you can take the device along with you, put it on the desk and have real live communication with your doctor. And if necessary, the conversation can be recorded for medical purposes or say, you know, the doctor's made some recommendations and you don't want to forget them, they can be saved and you can read them later. But another example I'd like, if I may, Elaine, is in a court situation. By no means am I devaluing interpreters. I think they're essential and they're a wonderful part of the community. However, the word interpretation in itself is a conundrum in that it's not necessarily real-life communication. If the deaf person is asked a specific question, the interpreter is interpreting that question. So therefore, the respondent may actually answer the wrong way based on the interpretation. If the question is typed into the UBDUO, the respondent can answer directly the word, the not an interpretation. So if a deaf person saw a robber, was a witness to a scene, a yes. magistrate could just type in the question, you know, what was the robber yes. wearing or was the getaway car like or something like that, and there wouldn't be an interpreter who may say something different or a word they don't understand. Mm. Exactly. That's probably the point, that a word is used not intentionally, accidentally, or you know, in, in the best meaning, but in actual fact, that word may not be really accurate in the situation. So where else could you see it? We've got going to the doctors, going to court, hospital situations. You have to wait sometimes to get an interpreter, don't you? Absolutely. And they're not available 24-7, and, and your UBJURA would be available for you 24-7. So an interesting case study we're doing is with Department of Transport in Queensland. They've bought a few units from us to go in their customer care unit. Say, for example, you're going in to renew your motor vehicle registration or your licence. They have UBDUO at the counter, so you can use that to communicate. Could it be used at Centrelink? Absolutely. And another example that we've got is in the USA, it's used by almost every law enforcement agency. It's used in the White House. It's used by, for example, the equivalent of Australia Post. Coca-Cola uses it. Many other major companies are using the device. But we have not been able to break through in the same way in Australia as yet. Our first breakthrough has been with the Department of Transport in Queensland. During lockdown, it would have been brilliant for aged care. People were behind a window, unable to touch their yeah. loved ones. That's right. You could have had in that situation, you know, one side of the device on one side of the window and the other side of the device on the other, and it could have been real-time communication while they can also look at each other through the window. But if I can take it a, a step further, there's another great opportunity for it, which is in emergent care. And often in emergency care, they use the good old-fashioned tablet where they write things down. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine if the doctor or the nurse 
and the patient were communicating with the device, you've got limited uh, infection problems because you can have distance and you've got much more accurate communication. If you're deaf or hard of hearing, you would have your own device. And just like typically we tend to carry laptops around with us, if you were in the category of deaf or hard of hearing, you would carry your own Ubiduro with you and you literally just pull it out, split the two, split it down the middle as a, a patented device that separates and you hand one device to the person you want to communicate with and other section for yourself. Or in some situations, you wouldn't even need to separate it. Uh, you'd operate it while it's still hooked together, one person on one side of the table and another person on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a great idea. Have there been various versions of it or have there been any innovations? Yes, just as we're in a wonderful period of seedbed of innovation, we're up to iteration three now. And what they keep doing is wherever possible, they incorporate new technologies, new ideas. So now we have a colour screen. We've got more adjustments and settings. Um, and those are the sort of things they keep working on. And is the Ubo Duo device available on the NDIS? I believe it is from the basis that you may need either a speech pathologist or an occupational therapist to recommend it and then you can sign off on it. We are a registered NDIS provider. So if the speech pathologist, for example, felt that this device would be very helpful for their client, you just have to fill a form in. That sounds great. And how much does it cost? Mm. They work out at a little over $8,000. But what I've extracted is an interesting comparison if you gave it a, a, a life of approximately three years, which is, a, I think, a fair period for technology, it works out to $8 per day. And I'm sure if we could always come up with a higher model if needed, but uh, it should be fully funded by the NDIS. And if you compare that to, I believe, the current figure for a minimum session for an interpreter is $230 quite a a price differential and no doubt there will be some times when you need a human interpreter but most of the time you would have the freedom of choice the empowerment to do your own communication so it has benefits over i mean if both of you had a mobile phone you could you could message each other sure Mm. but then you've got the wait time i see because it's not real time, it's not face-to-face. You can interrupt so, you each know, other. You... <laughs> exactly. That's the whole thing. I mean, human to human. Oh, I get it, you know, and I want to quickly respond while you're still typing or I've got a saved phrase, which I can hit. And so we're not sort of left feeling second class. We have to wait with this, the other. We're real lifetime. Okay, face-to-face conversation with the rest of the hearing world. Are there any other devices in the pipeline or...? that the brainery is working on, the brainery has got access to? Yes, we're doing some fantastic things at the moment. I can only give you some in general terms. Mm. We're working on another device at the moment for emergency care, which will give patients a new way of communicating that will help minimise mistakes in diagnosis. That's very exciting. We've been working with Curtin University in Western Australia developing some autism applications for a small humanoid robot. And we've also been working with Curtin University with a petroid robot for aged care. So it becomes both a companion 
robot, but also a piece of technology uh, that can help you with loneliness, with emotional well-being, with cognitive stimulation, not to replace a human and not to replace human touch. But the realities are we still face issues of understaffing or lack of people to work in these facilities. So we need to give elderly people as much support as we can. All right. Well, that sounds like some, an interview for another day. But if we, want, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if we want to find, Hugh, if we want to find out more about this Ubi duo helping bridge deaf and hearing anytime, anywhere, is the yes. best way to find out, would it be to go to your website? Certainly. The website address is www.thebrainery.com. It's spelled T-H-E-B-R-A-I-N. ARY.com and the office number is 03 And we'd be delighted to answer any questions and help as best we can. We thoroughly enjoy helping to liberate and empower people with technology as it comes available. And that was Hugh Kingsley, Managing Director of the Brainery. He was telling us about a device called the Ubi Duo, which helps bridge deaf and hearing anytime, anywhere. You have just been listening to AbleQuest, a program that looks at developments in assistive technology and initiatives. From Elaine Jontek and Barbara Sullivan, thank you for listening and goodbye till next program. <laughs>